You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting here with me, as always, is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, great to be here again this week. It is, yeah. We're here to talk about a Wilson victory. Uh, Always more fun. Yeah, it's always fun for this show when Wilson wins, clearly. Um, Also, we're celebrating Friday night and yesterday with... uh, the team you're sporting on your shirt right now. That's right. Uh, it's uh, been quite the eventful season for Phillies fandom, but we're not here to talk about that, uh, though we could. It's been exciting. But we're going to focus on the high school gridiron, and I think we'll bring back a segment that uh, people gave you uh, <laughs> gave you uh, crap for. Um, why do you talk about those teams? Because it's important, and I think well, maybe we should start there tonight. I was going to say, and it's honestly even more important now. Yeah. Or, I shouldn't say more important, but maybe more relevant well, it, now. things have become more clear. The, right. the clarity of the District 3 6A playoffs is coming into focus, and this week a lot of crazy stuff happened. I mean, crazy relative, but when you have the top three or three of the top four, I'm not sure how they were rated in the the power rankings entering this weekend's games. But we saw Harrisburg lose to State College at home. Yeah, that was... We saw Cumberland Valley lose to Carlisle, which that's probably the biggest shock of them all. Yeah. Carlisle is a team that has, you know... I don't. I didn't want to say good or bad wins, but Carlisle was probably most well-known for this year... You know, on this show for really beating up on Mifflin in week two, when yeah. we were starting to come into focus that, oh man, Mifflin might be down this year. All right. uh, and that continues to be the case. But then a few weeks back on a Thursday night, they got smoked by Central Dolphin, who we yes. know Wilson beat Central Dolphin in, right. in week two, the same week that Carlisle was beating up on Mifflin. Uh, Wilson was uh, squeaking by Central Dolphin. Central Dolphin it, it seems to be down this year, at least record-wise, but they beat up on Carlisle pretty good. Cumberland Valley, for all intents and purposes, was seen as one of the top teams in District 36A, and they very well still are, because I thought you had said that there might be an issue with their quarterback in- suffering an injury or not playing well, because... I saw, was, I saw a tweet that said he was he was not playing in this game. I, I don't know if that meant from that point on or if he was out. Like I, I don't really know. But yeah. so um, you know, obviously if you're shorthanded, that's not great, but we don't know the severity or how long that's gonna last. But it's a, definitely a footnote in that game right. um, with Carlisle. And I saw someone say one of the biggest victories in Carlisle program history beating Cumberland Valley. And that win very well could get Carlisle into the District 36A playoffs. Um, I, I put out projections based on games through week eight of the regular season which also includes a Hempfield loss to Exeter and something that I feel like we need to put out there because we talked about it last week after Wilson lost to Hempfield is that there's going to be some people confused as to why Wilson can't win a section title if Hempfield just lost. 
because Exeter is, yes, in the Lancashire London League, but it's a different section. That is a non-league game. It has no bearing on the section championship. So Hempfield is still undefeated in Section 1 play. Just That's, like Wilson's loss to Exeter last year. Right. I mean, I know Exeter wasn't part of the LL League, but like it's honestly no it's no different well, and because it's a non-league game. Well, it's essentially essentially is a crossover game, but it's not dictated by right, the it's not LL a mandated League. crossover. Like right. for four years, Wilson and Manheim Central played. <laughs> that was an LL matchup given out by the LL League, but right. it was not did not count in any LL metrics standings. It was it would not have impacted any, you know, win loss against section teams because it wasn't a section game. It was just a mandated non-league crossover game. Exeter and Hempfield decided to play each other again for the, I guess this next two year cycle. And Hempfield did lose. Exeter beat them 44 to 22. No bearing whatsoever on the league championship. So uh, for Wilson to have a chance at a co-league championship, Hempfield would need to lose in week nine or week 10. And Wilson would have to keep winning, which they did Friday night at Penn Manor. And we're going to get to that shortly. But uh, I think uh, first I will try to, um, to bring up the power rating predictions or maybe i should bring up the actual power ratings first let's let's bring up them ones as they stand right now and i do not know if they were updated if, if by the schools because that is falls on the athletic directors or maybe the coaches i'm not exactly sure uh who gets to enter those each time but uh it's apparently some schools don't know who's well yeah because it takes forever and then i think honestly i think d3 sometimes has to override it um so this is where we stand at the moment. So this is not yeah, all teams not, have entered yet because right. Manheim Township is not in there. York William Penn actually might have missed a game like Harrisburg. So they might be accurate there right. at five and two with Harrisburg. So Township's game is not entered yet. Uh, and there looks to be a few teams in, in the bottom half that are not entered, but will make a difference in the power rating. So. Not, you know, nothing's official here, but this gives you kind of a broad view of what's going on. Carlisle has made their way up into the field with that win over Cumberland Valley all the way up to eight. Cumberland Valley sitting there at two with Central York in the top spot. Central York now has a direct path to the number one seed throughout this. There's a good chance that Central York will be that team sitting at the top of the bracket now, when all is said and William done. Do they play Penn week, week they 10? They do. I now, fully I they, might, they might be able to lose that game and still be there, yeah. potentially. Possibly. But, possibly. Right. But I, I would anticipate Central York, unless something crazy happens in week 9 or 10, to be the team that enters the District 368 tournament as the number one seed. Wilson, you can see, currently sitting at number seven, but that will take care of itself should Wilson continue to win. As you can see, uh, Manheim Township sitting there at five. Wilson gets to play them in week 10. Wilson also gets the chance to add to their win column, which will send them up by beating McCaskey this Friday, which we'll also talk about a, a bit right. later. And and just uh, to kind of emphasize another point that comes up year to year, your opponent win like your opponent strength it's always is baked already in. yes counting in so we play mccaskey this coming week and mccaskey has one win i think yeah like and it was week against one, like john bartram yeah, or someone yeah. like that but like that is already factored into wilson's right. power ranking so it's not going to go yeah, down that was because the, of a mccaskey 
like because we're playing a team that only has one win this week, that that's already factored in. Yeah, Just that, like if we're playing an undefeated team, that would already be factored in. Back so. in 2019, when may have been the first year I did this, definitely one of the first years I did it. People were telling me I was crazy that Wilson was going to jump Mannheim Township right. because Wilson, I think, had to play McCaskey. And they're like, right. oh, well, th- you know, they'll beat McCaskey, but that's when McCaskey's, you know, strength of schedule. Will imp- no, that's not how it works. Every The strength of schedule for your opponents is built in all the way through. Right. Like it, it doesn't, it, it can fluctuate as they win and lose. Right, right. But it, like, it's not like it wasn't counting, it was already counting it. Right. So right. and McCaskey losing, which is another- why you don't see those huge jumps, right? Typically, yes. you know, like you would see much bigger jumps if you had if you had that factored in. Yes, yeah. So like if if McCaskey wasn't impacting Wilson's strength of schedule already, right. it would be a big it would be a problem. Right. We, we right. could see things change even with a win when you're throwing in a team that has only won one game, but that is already included in the calculations. So that cannot negatively impact you because it's already doing so. Right. But here is the predictions that I went through recently. After eight games played, then I, quote, simulated. I just guessed at who was going to win each game. You know, they're educated guesses. I'm looking at the teams and who they're playing. I'm not just going, well, this team will win and this team will lose. This No, it's I'm looking at the schedule, looking at common opponents, trying to figure out what's the best case scenario. Obviously, I don't know all of the injury statuses of, of teams around the state because, again, this you have to calculate it for all 19 teams in district 36a and then all the teams that they play so my file has over 40 45 maybe even 50 different teams that i have to predict the outcome of all their games back when i did this in week five that was a lot to get an end of the season prediction now i'm only predicting two weeks so it's not as big a deal but as you can see and if you're watching this and reading the the tweet i sent out yesterday um, this is a projection following week eight and predicting what will happen in games nine and games 10 for the teams that have all those games. Like we already said, I believe Harrisburg and William Penn both will only play nine games this year because they had a week that a game, they had an open date and they never fil- filled it. This also, f- for Wilson specific, this counts on Wilson winning both games. Because right. that's what we're going to focus on. You know, put put that out there. Wilson beats McCassie. Wilson beats Manheim Township. And that's the big one. That's the one that's going to be in question. That's the one that people will think is a toss-up. But for this prediction, Wilson beats Manheim Township. So where does that get Wilson winning the next two weeks? That gets them up to the five seat. I know there's people that think that you can get to the four. And it's not out of the realm right. of possibility. But you need those teams in front of us to lose. And I'm not sure any of the teams in front of us will lose again in the next two weeks. Right. It, it was shocking that all of them lost this past week. While we all thought Hempfield would struggle with Exeter, I don't think any of us thought Harrisburg and Cumberland Valley would definitely lose, especially Cumberland Valley. That no, was Harrisburg shock. State College, if you would have told me that, it wouldn't surprise me, but I probably would have picked Harrisburg. But yeah. um We've told me Harrisburg's without their quarterback, then you know, maybe you know, so like right. there's so much that goes there's into a lot these going games. into it, yeah. And like you said, you're you're predicting 50 some games, you know, like while you've shown on uh your your forca- fearless Friday forecast, I've, I've so actually like, been pretty you've good, you've done at pretty it. well. Um, but it's still 
it's hard to get all of those right. And some of those would have a bigger influence than others. Well, right. And went back in week five when I did this, guess what? I didn't have Harrisburg losing the State College, and I right. didn't have Cumberland Valley right. losing the Carlisle. And and it'll be interesting to go at the end of the season to go back and look at the week five, you know, after week five projections I did this one and then what the final one is it's just to see how close not to harp on it but kind of like your NLCS prediction from 14 months ago <laughs> yes that's, I called it Padres Phillies I, I have the receipts you did but yeah so back in week after week five when I predicted out through week 10 I did three scenarios Wilson winning all their games Wilson losing one of the two big ones between Hemphill and Manning Township and Wilson losing both and at the time the highest Wilson could get was five. That was that was winning out. Now, a lot of stuff has happened that we weren't sure would happen. So Wilson may have been able to get up. If they beat Hemfield, Wilson probably had the opportunity to get to three or four. Right. But that didn't happen. So now you're left with, okay, do they beat Manheim Township? If they do, I think you're looking at five. If they don't, six or seven is where you're going to be sitting. Um, and you can see the teams, the top four teams have been the ones that we've been saying are most likely to be the favorites to win District 36A. But Wilson Township and York William Penn have to be in that conversation. And now with Carlisle beating Cumberland Valley, can you honestly say that any any of these teams could win the championship? Any, any of those teams could. Any of these teams could win. Yeah, which so. is crazy, but it's, it's exciting, but it's a little nerve-wracking when I – particularly one one team to win you know like <laughs> when which I one are you at, pulling for um you know i i think careful you know, with what you say as, as we as we end the show every week go bulldog yeah right? so even but, when i forget last week i know i know the coaches would probably be like are they really talking about playoffs to the start yeah, of the show mad. but there's a lot that happened in d36a with hemfield harrisburg and cumberland valley want to make sure everyone was aware of what was going on there are two weeks left to go uh, we'll talk about the game against McCaskey coming up here, which is uh, senior night, so going to be a big one at Gursky. But first, let's uh, let's wrap up game eight, which was a Bulldogs victory down in Millersville at Penn Manor. The Bulldogs continue their undefeated streak against the Comets. Uh, once again, not exactly sure how long the streak is the number or the amount of consecutive wins because the stats book has one and I've seen media report another it's only off by one much like the Reading series was so it's either 31 or 32 um, Wilson is maintains the undefeated status against the Comets with a big big victory 56 to 7 Justin and it it wasn't I, that I, close. I, I, well, it wasn't. But also, I don't want to say I was anxious or nervous going into the game. No, but but there was an anticipation because you wanted to see how we responded from right. Respond yeah. after a loss, after a, a league loss. You know, one that stings. W- it, it it ruins your one goal. Like right. it has essentially, by and large, ended the ability to at least win an outright league championship. Like that's not happening. You would need Hemfield to lose the last two weeks. I can't see that happening. Still have the chance to share it. That's why you need to take care of business. And you need to take care of business for everything we are just talking about. Playoff seating. Making the playoffs. So it was big. But Penn Manor had been getting better last year and this year. They beat Cedar Crest. I know, like, I don't think anyone's like, well, Cedar Crest isn't that good. But at the beginning of the year, people were thinking that Cedar Crest or Penn Manor would be up there with the three, you know, challenging 
the uh, the the three Wilson, Manheim Township, and Hempfield, the three ones expected right. to challenge for the crown. They thought Cedarcrest and Penn Manor could could hang in there. And when those two teams played really close to one another in week, I want to say week week four, yeah, Penn Manor like beat Cedarcrest uh, thirteen to nine or something like that. They were like, oh, okay. Because honestly, I thought Cedarcrest was the better team between Cedarcrest and Penn Manor. I, I agree. And the Cedarcrest we saw lost their quarterback, or at right. least the level that their quarterback typically is able to play early in that game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yeah, I, there's a bit of uncertainty and just not knowing how you're going to respond because, you know, everybody can want to come out back fired up from, you know, to kind of take out some frustration from the week before, but. Sometimes your mind is still on the week before, and that can lead to some uh, a little bit less focus than, than maybe you you want or need, and that can create a problem. Well, the Bulldogs answered all those questions very, very quickly, <laughs> very, very quickly. They jumped out to a lead, and, and I mean didn't didn't give it up the rest of the game. It, it wasn't it wasn't a close match at all in in any way. Wilson. Wilson received, right? Did Wilson received? No, I think we kicked off. Did we kick off? See, I can't even remember now. Uh, Once Wilson got the ball, they drove down the field, scored a touchdown. Held Pam Manor, I believe, forced a three and out, drove down the field, scored a touchdown. Uh, It was just one after another, just constant. that was a that like not I'm not saying that the outcome would have been different, but that was a big one right there. It was a two touchdown game, I think. Mm-hmm. And they completed a pass on third down. I think it was third down. It might have been fourth. But like right at, you know, a yard short of the stick and the safety. I think it was Eddie. I'm I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think it was Eddie came up and hit him right there and drove his feet and ran him back and they tackled him short. This was a crazy play. They weren't gonna get it anyway. But the quarterback tried to pull it instead of giving it to the fullback up the middle and lost it before he was hit, I believe. And our guy just ran it in for a touchdown. Yeah, so it's awesome. 14 nothing before anyone could really blink an eye. Here's, then it was 21 nothing after uh, Hunsaker hit Mackay. Then Eddie returned a fumble. It was 28 nothing. Uh, Wilson's up 35 nothing then. And then right before half, there's the video, the clip you're watching, if you're, you're watching this live, is. Uh, once again, a punt return touchdown by Cam Jones. Now, how did Cam Jones get the ball? Well, they, of course, were scheming, planning, both Wilson, how do we get that the ball? That was a great pass. Right <laughs> it was for, by Patrick Donato to Ofure Oyali. Um, and there's your final score. Penn Manor did, in fact, have yardage. It's just not entered here in huddle, apparently. Although it wasn't a lot, and we'll get, right. we'll get to that momentarily. But, yeah, so... Wilson's a 42 nothing at halftime on Cam Jones's fifth punt return touchdown of the season. He's only had six attempts, so right. he is scoring a touchdown at over 83% clip on punt returns. That like that doesn't happen. Those are video game numbers. Yeah. Not only did he set the single season program record for most punt return touchdowns in a season, and by the way, he's got at least two games, honestly, at least three games left to add more. But he also set a new program record for longest punt return for a touchdown, besting uh, Jason Cape from 2002 in the District 3 Championship game with Central Dolphin. That was 93 yards. And Scott Camperini in, uh, I believe, 1966 against Palmyra went for 93 yards. So, uh, yes, uh, Cam Jones 
is rewriting the record book nearly every time he touches the ball on punt returns. Uh, he now has the program's career record, which he may have already had last year. There's not exactly a great records for return touchdowns um, totals. It's hard. I, quick shout out to um, to Joe Peterson. He he nailed it right away. I, you know, I uh, in terms of the yardage, I asked him, and he's like, um, he's like, I got it at 94. And watching the replay, it was he Cam got the ball at the six. So well, there you go. Yeah, that was spot on. Yeah, did a did a really really splendid job setting it up. And why was it set up? Because the coaching staff, the special teams coaches, a lot of times Coach Doms is involved in that heavily. That's always been one of the phases that he focuses on. Well, it was interesting because as soon as I saw that formation, I was like, oh, they thinking, oh, they're scheming for a way to get the ball into Cam's hands, or at least deter the punt away from Cam. away from him, right? And it worked in two two facets because Eddie had a good return before that right up the sideline. And so then it really punishes, you know, and we've talked about this before. It's all easy for the, to, for the coach to tell the punter, Hey, kick it away from number one. Right. Well, now you're putting another guy back there who almost took one to the house. Oh, and then you add to that, there's guys rushing and we nearly blocked one or two of the punts, you know? So it's, you can say all you want. Don't kick it to so and so. It's not that simple, you know. Right, um, it's not. So, well, so for those of you that weren't at the game and and didn't watch the clip or, or d- didn't see it, <coughs> the special teams scheme was to drop two people back. Now, in middle school, we actually dropped three back. We formed like a triangle. Generally, in high school, you only have one guy back there, right. and when it's Cam Jones, you only need right. to have him back there. But then teams kick it out of the end zone or kick it to the opposite side of where he's standing. Right. You know, they, they don't want him to get the ball because when you're scoring on 83% of your punt returns on the season, you don't want him to have that opportunity to kill you in that phase of the game. So what does Wilson do? Drops another guy back. In this case, it's junior wide receiver safety, Eddie Case. And you would prefer to make them return it rather than kick it out of bounds unless you have a guy that can do coffin corner style stuff. Right. But that's hard to do in high school. So instead of kicking it at Cam or absolutely drilling it out of bounds, kick it to the other guy. Make him hurt us. Well, like you said, Eddie made it hurt. He did very well in all of his return attempts. He took almost took one all the way back to the house, which we did talk to Cam, Eddie, and one of the blockers, Adam Woods, uh, in our interview later. So we'll, we'll bring this up again. But... The great scheming by the coaching staff, excellent execution by Eddie at the beginning, and then you get to the point where now Eddie's returned. I think right. he had returned two or three by that I point. Think so. And one of them, he had a, a really nice, and they were all really good returns, but one of them, he was close to taking it back himself. And now Penn Matter made a really weird choice of being down 35 nothing in the second quarter, having it in Wilson territory, facing fourth down and they decide to punt. I I would have thought you'd go for that there when right. you're down Especially by so many you, scores. When you went for it when Earlier. it was like maybe a two or three score game from your own like Side. 40. Yeah. You know, like. So anyways, Wilson puts back their punt return team. Sorry, anytime a team's willing to punt, go ahead. I'll take it. Cam and Eddie are back there, you know, inside around the 10 or inside the 10. Kick it to Eddie and and what happens? Eddie feels the ball, runs to his his left. Uh, let's see if I can pull it up again because uh, video is always a 
always fun. So you know, we got to go a little bit farther. Here, that was the that was the uh, yeah. Here we go. So let me let me pull it up for you if you're watching it here, and keep an eye on, on what happens. So here here it comes snap punt on fourth and eleven goes to Eddie at the ten who runs to his left and then flips it to Cam. And the blockers are all set up downfield. Cam makes a couple guys miss, and there's then no one around. No one around. Cam has, what, three guys leading the way. High fives Adam Woods on his way into the end zone. Cam asked me, did I get that shot? And I looked, and I had, did not, unfortunately, get the high five from uh, between Cam and, and Adam. I did get the flip from Eddie to Cam, yes, though. Yes. Uh, it was a long distance. Uh, funny story. I know you yeah, heard this I already. love this story. I was just going to tell uh, you to say it. So my, my first reaction that I already said was when they ran out the punting team for that, I, I was kind of, it was a head scratching move to me because you're down by multiple scores. You're in the opponent territory. You you don't want to attempt a field goal there because it's unlikely to make it in, at the high school level. But as you said, they already went for it on fourth down in their own territory. Why would you not go for it in fourth down in the opponent territory? What do you have to lose? So I turned to uh, assistant coach, offensive line coach, Brandon Doms and kind of, said this is a weird decision and he essentially goes yeah this has one of going one of two ways he's either going to boot it out of the end zone or we're going to score a touchdown and i looked at him and i said oh i'm going down here and i ran down towards the end zone that wilson would be scoring in well before i could even get to the 25 they had punted the ball and i saw eddie field it and I start taking pictures of the return and I catch the flip to Cam. Well, now I'm like, oh, now I need to get to the end zone because now Cam has the ball. And I didn't even make it to the end zone by the time that so Cam, saying, by the time I stood up and turned to those, run. Those guys are a little faster than me. They're a little you. faster than me, yeah. And I had two cameras on my body. And I, by the time I stood up and ran, and then I'm like trying to, you know, side side hop down the side so I can still take pictures while I'm going. And then the ref got in the way. It was a whole thing. It was unfortunate. But I just, like, Brandon and I both knew. This is going to be a touchdown. <laughs> this is going to be a touchdown. This is a bad decision. It's going to be a touchdown, and that's what happened. So, yeah, Cam Jones, new records in the Wilson program book. And uh, I, I do like was it what you said after the game. Maybe he'll get uh, the be yeah, best returner yeah. in Berks County yeah, this year. Yeah, I said year. maybe he'll win the uh, the Berks County like first-team all-returner. Yeah, because he was good enough for All-State but wasn't good enough for Berks County. <laughs> not that I'm still bitter about that. No, not at all. Not at all. So, but uh, in terms of the rest of the game, statistically speaking, it was a, just a dominant performance overall. Wilson, it wasn't like you said, it wasn't even as close as fifty-six to seven. Uh, Wilson had sixteen first downs to Penn Manor's four. It was thirty-five nothing with eight minutes left in the, in the second quarter. <laughs> right. Wilson had one hundred eighty-one yards rushing. Penn Manor just forty-one. Wilson had one hundred thirty-two yards passing to Penn Manor sixty-five. So total was 313 to 106, nearly triple. Wilson nearly tripled them up there. Um, just fantastic, fantastic uh, execution in every phase. I mean, they, you scored, they scored in every phase. Yeah. That's what you want going in. If you can score a touchdown on defense and special teams to go with a hot offense, you're going to win a lot of games. And that's, yes. that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, the only statistic that Wilson didn't win was time of possession. That's because nearly every time they touched the ball, they scored within what, like five or right. six plays. Which is also likely to happen when you score a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown. You know, like that's, it's likely to happen. Wilson was a perfect six for six in the red zone. 
an improvement over last week. Uh, absolutely. They were able to spread the ball around on the ground. They had four different, excuse me, five different ball carriers carry the ball three or more times. Cleveland Harding led the way in rushing with 63 yards. Uh, he had one 44-yard run. Um, uh, Amir Wellmacher had three for 34. Quarterback Tommy Hunsker had three for 33. Um, backup quarterback Adam Woods had three for six, but had a touchdown, and that was her, his first uh, touchdown that, that he took in himself. And uh, Cam Jones uh, got got in, got to work, and got done quickly. He had six carries for only 29 yards, but had the two touchdowns in that phase of the game to go with it. Uh, Tommy Hunziger uh, was 7 of 10 for 87 yards and two touchdowns through the air, and his touchdowns went to Makai Cooper, who had two catches for 27 yards, and Brady Klein, who had two for five in the touchdown. And we saw, and Justin mentioned, beautiful pitch and catch from um, Patrick Donato, to Ophira Odiali for that score near the end of the game. Uh, had a, a, a two-point conversion caused what by Austin What I Lukovic. really liked was the play before that. Um, Donato had to kind of like scramble around a little bit and um, got a pass up, but it, it was kind of, it was kind of hard, you know, because everybody was like already to the end zone kind of, or at least it appeared that way. This one, man, he got the ball and he threw it up there, put it out of spot, and Ophira caught it. And the defender, I don't even know if the defender had turned around yet. Like the defender, he was, like he was running right, his like hip and looking the, at the him. timing was perfect. And for guys to get in there who may not get as many of the opportunities to have that timing was was phenomenal. That that was really great. It, it really was. So, um, yeah, there's, there's not really much to say uh, about about the offense. They they got the job done. There were, weren't uh, any issues. We're able to get things done quickly, both on the ground and through the air. So things look good in that regard. And then defensively, you know, they it felt like they were going to pitch a shutout. If any of the starters played in the second half, I don't think Penn Manor was scoring, especially after their starting quarterback went out. Eli Warfel uh, was injured in either yeah. late first quarter or early second quarter. Uh, it didn't play the rest of the game. Penn Manor couldn't do anything against the ones. Uh, and they struggled at time against the, the backups in the JV. The backups and younger guys outscored them in the second half. Yes, they did. And they played the entire second half. They did. And they outscored the them. entire second half. So uh, excellent, excellent effort all around. Uh, every player that stepped on the field uh, looked looked good. Uh, they gave up the late touchdown, but I, I think everyone was very happy with the performance. Yeah. And, and defensively speaking, I, I think one of the the highlights has been that it's been a total team effort. Um, you know, we, we point out the uh, electric ability of, of Cam Jones on offense and on special teams, but defensively, it's truly been like week to week. It feels like there's always er, every guy's sharing the load there. They're all making plays when it matters. Uh, and that was definitely the case again against Penn Manor. Uh, a b- bunch of guys right there near the top of the, uh, uh, the tackle sheet and, and making plays. Um, no sacks this week, but again, Penn Manor are mostly running teams, so that's yeah. going to be tough, tough to do when they don't drop back the pass. And we had some pressures, often. like we had some yes. pressures. Too. Yep, so. definitely some pressures um, from uh, Nick Weitzel, uh, Brendan Hop. I know, yep. Yep. Um, flushing guys, uh, Tajir, uh, Cassius, all all getting in there and and forcing some pressures. But um, Justin, um, to wrap this up, and before we get to the interview. Um, the player of the game. So we have kind of tongue in cheek mentioning that 
odd number of weeks we will give Cam Jones the award. Uh, but even number of weeks, he, he, he's not getting it. We're going somewhere else. And that's going to hold true here. We're in even number of weeks. So we're not giving it to Cam, despite him having three touchdowns. In Including the, game the longest punt return touchdown <laughs> yes, ever. For setting Wilson. a program record for punt return touchdowns and setting a record for longest punt return by a Wilson I, Bulldog. I mean this in the nicest way possible, but didn't it still seem like a ho-hum game for, for well, Cam? No, right. And I don't mean that like in a no, negative way. And, I mean that like in the the opposite. Like... How ridiculous is right. it that he when he when they punt to him and it or not to him, but when they punt and it doesn't go out of bounds or into the end zone, I'm like, oh man, we might score a touchdown. Well, it's funny because it was deja vu all over again in terms of a special special teams play to get the ball in Cam Jones's hand because last year down at Millersville against Ben Manor, Wilson set up a return where Ben Manor was like, I'm not kicking the Cam Jones, and why would you? So they blooped it to. Uh, one of the upbacks in like the second row, who was the upback? It was Tommy Hunsaker, who turned and threw it across the field backwards to Cam Jones. I don't know if I can't recall if he scored on that play or not, but I think it set him up big time. If they, if he didn't score, I don't, don't think he did, uh, but it set him up deep in Penn Manor's territory because ball's over there. Why would we go over there? Well, you have a quarterback that can throw it back, and we talked about it on this show. It's just just funny to see it happen again at Penn Manor with Case Flip at the Jones, who takes it to the house. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, three touchdowns, sorry, not enough, but it's an even number week. We're going somewhere right, else. Right. So I was thinking, I was like, who else does it go to? Who, who stood up? Because it's just felt like a full team effort. It just seemed like there was the balls being spread around on offense. And there was a lot of guys, um, making stops and flashing on defense, um, and on, and on special teams. Uh, so I, I went back and looked kind of across the spectrum of the eight games, and who's been one of the top performers that maybe we didn't didn't pick out yet? And uh, I think we're going to go defense this time. Okay. Because, you know, we, we mentioned Cam's awards three phases because he's a, a big player on defense to go with his offensive and special teams prowess. But um, really, defensively speaking, I think Isaiah Cassius against Redding was one of the guys that stands right. out. And Wilson's bread and butter is running the football and playing stout defense. So we want to give some respect to the defense. Um, and where do we go? But so I pulled up the year to date stats to look at who's the guy that's been the most consistent performer for Wilson uh, in terms of tackles uh, and the big statistics that tackle for loss. So uh, the same guy came up twice. And uh, so he, it made it easy. For it, you. it did make it easy. And what made it even better was that he led the team in tackles at Penn Manor as well. So um, a two for one here. Ding, uh, ding, ding. And, and someone that we've talked about a few times on the show already um, just hadn't given the award to him yet. But we're going to make up for that right here. So our player of the game at Penn Manor is senior linebacker Nick Krakona for his performance against the comments. And I just mentioned it. Uh, here now, but I'll get into the specifics. Uh, Nick had five total tackles against the Comets, one and a half for loss, led the team in that statistic. And year to date, Nick sits on top of the leaderboard across the entire defense with 33 total tackles, nine for loss, half of that being a sack, a pass breakup, and a forced fumble. So uh, Nick has been one of the guys most consistently making plays on defense. Uh, and the best part about it, Justin, is he's one of those guys that embodies the senior Wilson football player. It's yep. Someone that has opportunities as an underclassman, but right. hasn't moved into that starting role. Right. He's shifted time. multiple right. positions over the years. Right. Bides his time. 
and then makes an impact his senior season. And we've seen that come full circle for Nick. Yeah, and it's it's fun to see. Um, <clears throat> it's one of those things where for years, like you knew a bunch of these guys when they were in, in middle school, and I, I didn't necessarily unless they played water polo at the time. Um, but now, like getting to know, like I've known Nick for a few years now, and it, it's just fun to see him uh, really get that opportunity. And man, is he making the most of it. And that's great. We, we, we collectively, the team needs that. And uh, it's just fun to see. Yeah. And so he's not just making his mark as linebacker on defense. He's also one of the big guys running down the field on kickoff team and and playing on special teams, always making play. And he's always a guy you can count on for 100% effort at all times. So, uh, Nick Arcona is our player of the game at Penn Manor. So um, we'll yield the floor in week nine and give the opportunity for Cam Jones to reclaim his crown. Hey, you never know. Um, but uh, hopefully it's an opportunity for many, many players to get in, get experience, have fun, stay healthy, and then look towards week 10 against Manheim Township. And yeah, that hopefully, hopefully we're looking at more like a week similar to – Two days ago. Hopefully, we're seeing more of that on uh, Friday night. Yes, for sure. So, Wilson wins 56 to 7, continues their domination of Penn Manor. That's the end of game eight. But before we get to the game nine preview, we do want to do our, our annual, or shouldn't say annual, weekly housekeeping here and thank our sponsors, primarily uh, my dad, Bill Mays, and Mays Sandwich Shop for support, supporting the show since day one. Also, a variety of other sponsors, including Mike Drago and MikeDragoSports.com, The Hop Family, Andy Her, which Andy, we're going to see you this week, didn't see you at Millersville. So, That's right. That's uh, right. Hopefully, we're, we get to see you uh, this Friday night. Hopefully, we crossed paths to, on, on uh, Friday, like, but not like sh- literally crossed paths as in we were going with, opposite <laughs> way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, our six anonymous donors. Uh, we really appreciate everyone that has taken the time to donate to the show to sponsor the show yeah, to to awesome. help us out spread the spread the word you know I'm ju- jumping into uh, Justin's like and share but just all of you that are uh, you know liking and and uh, subscribing and le- leaving reviews like all that stuff helps us out and this well, has been the best year to date so right it was so funny and um, you know just in in terms of like people talking about the show and like also like know that I guess people are listening um, you know when we're when we were getting some food, you know, before the game, you know, um, one of the former players um, stops by and he's like, I thought I might find you guys here, you know, <laughs> like, you know, and then afterwards, somebody's like, oh, you guys weren't just joking. Like, you do go here. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, like, and we're coming back here afterwards. Right, exactly. Too. Like, you know, it's just it was funny. The, the caveat was we had to win. Like, we're not going to. Well, you don't have celebratory again. stuff. Right, you don't. Right. Know. I mean, last week we said we, we weren't celebrating. We weren't getting our gobbler at Wawa because uh, right. we, we That's lost. a celebratory sandwich. Celebrate with the gobbler. Can't do that with a loss. So we skipped it. This week, we knew we were going beforehand. Listeners knew we were going because they stopped in. We saw a few of them in there beforehand. Um, And it won't won't call out by name, but we will thank uh, an anonymous donor who ended up paying for our food (laughs) at the Sugar Bowl. So appreciate appreciate them stepping up for that. Yeah, just, you know... um, I mean, if you want to pass in food, like we, we will gladly accept oh that, um, especially at a place that we uh, has become a tradition for us. Um, but yeah, we went uh, beforehand. We got our normal, you know, uh, like sandwich and fried food. And, uh, almost took some back for the coaches who uh, 
who requested a, a cheesesteak and a Coke. But uh, And we're like, hey, you know, we'll be back. We'll get our pizza after, after the victory. And thankfully, we got to do that because the team played great. But, yes, we are very thankful for our sponsors and for everyone that has supported the show this season. It has definitely been the best yet. Um, and like I said, there's, there's many ways you can do that. It doesn't have to just be, you know, financially. Uh, please visit the website. I'm always updating things on there. And there's usually some information or announcements, especially in the off season about upcoming uh, events like the golf tournament and registration for uh, the kindergarten, first grade flag football. So occasionally Van Reno Lincoln Park will reach out with stuff. So definitely keep bulldoghour.com. Uh, check it uh, frequently. And uh, uh, last but not least, our next live show will be one week from today. Normal time, normal place, 8.30, Sunday the 23rd. We'll recap game nine and look ahead to game number 10. So once again, I forgot to update the schedule because that is not at the top of my mind. So I'm not even going to put it up uh, for fear of... uh, It's funny. I was getting text messages today from people who are trying to make uh, plans for the next month or so. And they were asking me about... They're like, wait, so... When is Wilson going to be playing slash not playing? And they were asking specifically towards end of October, beginning of November. Essentially, they were confirming that there was a buy. Yes to end of October, no to first week in November. Remember. Right. So, But hopefully many after that. Yes. Host McCaskey this Friday the 21st at Gursky. That's senior night. We're going to talk about that shortly. Go to Manheim Township October 28th, Friday. That is the last game of the regular season. There will be no Wilson football November 4th, November 5th, that first weekend in November. That's when playoffs generally would be starting, but D36A is shifted by a week because of our entrance into the state tournament. District 3 at 6A level has decided to give everyone a bye that first weekend in November. So the D36A quarterfinals will start November 11th, Friday, November 11th, or Saturday, November 12th, depending on who the host school is. And then we'll proceed every Friday, Saturday after that until your team has lost. So hopefully that clears it up. Hopefully that gives you an idea of what's to come. But last thing before we move on to previewing the McCaskey game, we get to hear from our players. Uh, We did interview people after the victory. Had missed out on it the last two weeks. Um, one because of my headache at at Mifflin, my migraine didn't, uh, and it was raining. It was just like miserable. Even though we won, it's just like let's get out of here. Right. right. Uh, and then last week, you know, we don't talk to the, the players and, and coaches after after a loss. But that, that wasn't the case on Friday. It was a beautiful night. Phillies had won. Wilson oh won. Gosh. Wanted to talk to some players, so we we pulled aside uh, three of the guys that were important in the win and uh, talked for them. Talk to them for a couple minutes, and we're going to play that for you right now. All right, welcome back. Here we are post-game after Wilson's big victory over Penn Manor, 56-7. to have a couple of the key contributors tonight joining us. So, guys, how does it feel to get back in the win column? Amazing. Amazing. Nothing much to say else. It's amazing. How was, uh, how was practice this week? Uh, we changed a lot. We picked up the intensity. We knew that we needed to keep it rolling, and like we had to get back in the ring column. And just our new goal is uh, district finals. So I mean, section's kind of behind us now. We just gotta keep moving toward the district and refocus on that. Now this. This is a better Penn Manor team we've seen in the last few years. They uh, went toe-to-toe with Cedar Crest, beat Cedar Crest. They were on the up swing, and you guys came in down and just shut them down in every phase. 
uh, was 42 nothing at halftime, uh, courtesy of you guys, special teams, once again, coming out on top. Cam, they weren't getting you the ball. You should, you're used to that. You know, you don't get too many opportunities. But when you get the opportunity, you make it count. So going into this week, was the, uh, was the flip reverse? Was that something you guys have been practicing to, to get the ball in your hands when they're not kicking to you? Yeah, something we did practice. Uh, you know, took a little bit to get it down. It's a little different having two guys in the back when our blocking team is used to have, only having one. It takes one guy less out of the blocking scheme for the wall. So, I mean, we repped it, repped it, repped it, and then we got it to work today. And the wall was there for you once again, as it's been every time you've taken to the house. The Coach Doms, when we talk to him about your punt returns, he always talks about how all of you guys have bought in to blocking on punt return. You know, Eddie got you the ball, but I know Adam's one of the key guys leading you to the end zone. Adam, you got in the end zone tonight yourself. How'd that feel? It felt good just to first varsity touchdown, man. Yeah, that was a good one. Finally get in there. Awesome. So, you know, guys, six and two. Extended all your streaks. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Non-losing season, winning season. I know that's a big one that's always harped on throughout the year. Uh, now, like you guys said, I said on districts. But next week you got McCaskey, um, followed by regular season finale against Mannheim Township. So, um, Cam, not a lot of work early or in this game because you guys put it away so quickly. Uh, what was the mindset entering the game? What did you want to accomplish tonight? Uh, as a team, kind of just grow from last week. I mean, obviously, with the upset that we had last week. We just came in this week and this game just knowing that we wanted to get out by the first half and kind of just fix all the mistakes that we made last week and correct them this week. Now, uh, Coach Raffoff said this to me uh, at halftime already and said it was great to see Eddie getting those opportunities on punt return because now he's put on tape that he isn't a guy that can kick to and think, don't worry, we'll get him quickly because you made a few people miss, although I know the coaches were getting on you about uh, getting tackled from yeah. behind a few times. So we'll work on the shiftiness huh, in practice this week. But all right, you two of you guys back there, uh, it, means, uh, it means a lot to uh, that third phase of the football game. But uh, very workmanlike victory. Made quick work of the comments on the McCaskey this week. So congratulations on the win, and uh, good luck next week. Thank Go you. dogs. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Go get your maize sandwich now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, that was a pretty well-planned uh, plug there at the end. Uh, yeah. You did say, I think I caught that. So right, yeah. We'll keep that well, in. So it's always, keep the sponsors It's always happy. interesting because I don't want to end it too soon, but I don't want to end it like too late, you know, when we like, when the conversation shifts or something like that. But I caught that and I, I mentioned to your dad, I was like, I thought, I think, he, I think he'll like that. Well, so. he needs anything to uh, make him happy right now with the, the, the score that you just relayed to me. No, let's so, keep that going. I feel like this might be one of the less watched live shows because so many people are tuning into Cowboys Eagles, but I mean, really Wilson football should be number one in your life. Uh, so I, I don't give you a pass, and I am mad at all of you that are not tuning in. Uh, but please download and listen to it after the fact. Well, we could have done it during the Dolphins game. Today. We, should, we should have the last three weeks, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Oh, I wanted to mention, mention it during that, and I posted something about it on, on Twitter, but I didn't post anything on uh, Facebook, which is Facebook and Instagram, where a lot of people get the uh, the photo posts of mine. But streaks extended yeah so i mean 
once they got to five, by and large, you knew that the non-losing streak was going to be extended. But I always like to wait and make sure you get to six because there's essentially no way of losing either streak once you get to six. Right. Um, unless there'd be something really crazy that happened that right. like you actually lose a game, but then somehow get put back in the play. Like, I don't even know if that could happen. Right. So I'm just like, once we get to six, we're good. Because even if you end the season six and four and then lose a playoff game, it doesn't matter. Both are still intact. So yes, six and two on the season. Wilson has extended their streaks uh, in style. I believe it's, 59 years in a row now seasons with a non-losing record the last losing record at wilson was in 1963 the year before the arrival of coach john gursky and then that would make the winning season streak 47 in a row i believe there's I a believe 12 year now the difference. longest in pennsylvania right? yeah I, and i'm not sure i know sure. we talked about that the last couple of years right and i'm not sure um which which never, one like i always forget which one right I, I feel like it's the non-losing one okay it could be it could um, be that one but yeah it's it's impre- i mean it's impressive it's it's the best in the state so um i don't know if anyone has the information for that around the country uh, in terms of straight consecutive winning and non non-losing seasons but yes uh so 59 straight non-losing seasons 47 straight winning seasons um, just fantastic and it just says so much about the program and i know there's there's always ebbs and flows i mean just on a, and this is not meant as throwing shade it's just an example but right. just look what's happening with mifflin right now right they had an incredible run of what like 16 ever since they left the ll and went right. into the burks conference they became a dominant program and the last couple of years especially when nick singleton was there um, they were getting statewide acclaim, and and they're suffering a a a rough patch this season, and that's just to show how like incredible nearly six decades of that not happening at at, right. at Wilson. It's uh, you know it's the best in the state and one of it has to be one of the best in the nation. It's it's a tough thing to do, and it's why so many people take so much pride in it continuing. Um, there's been a few rough rough years here and there, but there's never been um, l- fewer than there's never been fewer wins than losses since 1963. You know, we were just laughing and sort of crying inside about um, the birth years of the kids we're coaching right now, yes. uh, and just thinking like where we were at in our lives when these kids were born. But to think that you know. We were decades away from being born the bo- last time Wilson's had a losing season. Before my dad was in high school, I think. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy number. And honestly, I Almost feel like... Almost as crazy as before Dom started coaching at Wilson. <laughs> it's only um, slightly fewer years than when my dad was at Wilson. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Coach Dom's has actually been around for nearly... All of the the uh, the winning seasons, very close because I close. I believe uh, he arrived in seventy nine. I think I, don't know. I think it was seventy nine because I, I I didn't I think we've had a discussion about how Coach Doms and Doc Moyer came in the same year. Yeah. It, was, it was the late seventies, late seventies. Okay. So, um, and the straight winning season started in uh, was it seventy five? I don't know. It's a lot. It's yeah. been a long time. Yes. So, yeah, 59 straight non-losing, 47 straight winning. So, 
All right, last thing here, last few minutes of the show, we're going to take time to preview Wilson's Game 9 against Lancaster McCaskey, senior night this Friday, October 21st at Gursky Stadium. Uh, according to the Wilson Stats book, this is the 50th meeting between the two schools. Wilson leads the series 41-7-1. and Wilson has won the last 20 in the series, including last year's win also at Gursky. 59 to 12. That was the PA National Guard, uh, Army National Guard oh, yeah, night yeah, where uh, cool. we wore the jerseys that are, uh, you can't, I don't think you can see it on the camera, but the jersey that is hanging up behind here. I actually, I can move the camera. It's amazing that I can do that. Can, can you, oh no, it's, it's, it's behind Dan, Dan the man who <laughs> dropped in the record books today as Matt Ryan passed him for all time <laughs> passing yardage, which just doesn't seem right. Just doesn't seem right. Um, you're Wait. not ready to concede that Matt Ryan's better than you know. Let's not talk about Christmas decorations. It's belittling uh, the amazing career of Dan Marino. So, uh, the last McCaskey win. Let's see if Justin can guess when the last McCaskey win was. Two thousand three. Yes, it was in two thousand and three. That's a good guess. Uh, give me the exact date. <laughs> Just throw it out there. I'm gonna go. October 17th. So wrong month. Oh, September. September 26, 2003. No, that was my next guess. And where was it? Home or away? Oh, I'm just trying to think through. I'm trying to reason to my answer here. I'm going to go with home. It was away. Okay. Um, it was at McCaskey on September 26, 2003. 31-14 loss. The Red Tornado are coached by Ben Thompson. He's in his second season there, although technically I think last year he was serving under an interim tag, um, much like uh, another Thompson had been doing earlier. Yes. It's spelled differently, but um, one of them uh, has taken their professional baseball team to the NLCS, so you can guess which one one of those guys uh, has done that. But um, McCaskey started the season actually – Got, got with, with a win, right? So a win. things were looking, you know, looking up. They won in overtime against John Bartram on the road. On that the was road, supposed yes. to be played at Villanova, but it got changed at the last minute. I'm not really sure what happened there, but yeah, they won 30 to 24 in overtime against John Bartram. Then they had the unfortunate meeting with Elizabethtown in week two. Elizabethtown's been on a tear. Yeah, yeah very, I believe very strong year for them. They're they only have one loss, and it's by three points to Selenko, who is undefeated at this time. Uh, but they lost Elizabethtown, and, and they haven't won since. They lost. Uh, they got shut out by Cedarcliff, um, got beat up by Hempfield, got shut out by Plymouth White Marsh, Manheim Township beat them fifty-five to six. They got shut out by Reading thirty-eight to nothing, and they lost this past week to Cedarcrest forty-two to nineteen. So things are not going well for Ben Thompson's uh, Red Tornado, uh, coming to West Lawn for a second straight year. Again, Wilson has beaten them the last 20 times we have played them, and it's been nearly two decades since their last victory. Um, yeah, so uh, honestly, outside of the Wilson streak against Penn Manor, this McCaskey may have the second in the number of consecutive wins Wilson has against the yeah. against the team. Yeah, uh, with 20 in a row in the series. This this series in. Um, the 90s and then into the early 2000s. Was, McCaskey yep. was one of the teams that was McCaskey and Hempfield kind of alternated throughout the 90s and in the early 2000s were 
the the teams that were challenging Wilson for, for the title. Either be a, a you know, Manheim Tiger might have a good year in there, and Mifflin one year had a, had a good year um, in the mid nineties and share ended up sharing a title. But by and large, it was seemed to be Wilson or Hemfield, Wilson or McCaskey. That's that's how it worked out. But McCaskey has not um, had a strong team since that two thousand and three team. Yeah, basically since that group. Work yeah, their way uh, through the system. That that group that we talk about all the time yeah, when we were in we're high like, school. Back in my day. Yeah, back. Yeah, we do it all the time. But hey, it, it's it's true. So um, McCaskey's one biggest loss was wide receiver defense defensive back Josiah Gray. Although they also lost defensive lineman Eli Rodriguez. Not to graduation, he moved to Manheim Township. Mm. So um, and he is having a very good year for Manheim Township. Uh, their key returners are Will Almeida. Uh, Jose Garcia and their quarterback, who I feel like has been there as long as Sean Clifford's been at Penn State, Matthew Remash, who is a senior this year. Uh, he has, you know, he's gotten uh, looks from college teams, but uh, as one of the coaches, I talked about this game a little bit f- late Friday night, saying, I can't believe this, this kid's still playing for them. Right. He d- hasn't played against Wilson much, if at all, because he's usually missing the game due to an injury. Uh, so we'll see if we see a quarterback rematch this Friday night right. against the Bulldogs and what would be his last attempt to to beat Wilson. Right. But um, it, it has been a rough go of it down in Lancaster for McCaskey right. this year. Um, that the the loss at Reading thirty eight to nothing certainly stood out because um, Reading, while improving, yeah. Hadn't hadn't been playing great as they got into right. the thick didn't, of the section. Didn't one surprise schedule. us at all that Reading won that game. When we saw Reading, we know, right. and, and no. we talked about this You're with right. some people this weekend. Like, you know, seeing what they were able to do with you know, like Ruben Rodriguez playing and and, the, just, and those guys, like it wasn't at all a surprise. Losing thirty eight nothing was a surprise. Yes. Like that that caught us off guard. Yeah. But, uh, it was shocking to see that. I know, and they they had some uh, on the field, off the field, extracurricular. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> Bill Snook caught yeah, some but, good I mean, things documenting the the right. the, the players had some the, disagreements, yes. but the coaching staffs got things yes. settled and 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 talked to them about it. And, and yeah, Bill Snook took great photos of the coming together at the end to iron out differences and just understand that this is a game and there's bigger things in life. Right, and right. Uh, very very good job by the coaching staffs and awesome that uh. Photographer Bill Snook got those images, but McCaskey comes to Gursky Friday for Wilson's senior night, and um, yeah, you know, we yeah, did. I mean, I mean, the, the key is they they while things went really well on on Friday night uh, at Penn Manor, um, you know, there's still things that they need to improve on. Things they can be getting better each week. Uh, handle your business this week, um, you know, because you you've got two left. You know you. You're talking about those predictions. Um, who knows what what will happen with those standings? You know, we we talk about it. We you make the best educated guesses you can on I some try, of those I try games. Try my best, but like the only thing that is in Wilson's control, obviously not our control, but Wilson's control is whether or not they win those last two games. Win those last two games. Put the put yourself in as good of a position in going into the playoffs. Take as care you can, of your business, but also use the opportunity to make sure you're firing on all cylinders. Like that's the key. And we've talked about it with last year's team. Last year's team seemed lost right early in the season. Seemed lost about halfway through the season but found their way in the second half of that season. And when they found their way, they became a force and York saw it. And then central York saw it and Harrisburg saw it, you know, like 
it was they were a force, and that's where we're at right now. Yes, you know that loss to Hemfield last week that stinks, but I thought Eddie did a great job of kind of responding. Yeah, it's not what we wanted, but that's over with. We need to focus on moving forward, and that means handling your business now. Right, and. Wilson needs to take care of business against McCaskey and then take care of business at Mannheim Township. Township this week hosts Penn Manor before welcoming the Bulldogs in the season finale. And Hempfield, for those all of you out there, you know, hoping and wishing for them to stumble, they would have to do so both on the road in Lebanon at Cedarcrest this Friday night. And if you remember last year, Cedarcrest beat Hempfield, which was yeah. a bit of a shocker uh, last year with the way Hempfield was trending and playing. Cedarcrest did pull the upset on Hemfield last year um, so that the Falcons and Black Knights will tussle this Friday night in Lebanon. And then last week of the season, Hemfield comes to Berks County to play Redding. So um, if any of you wanted to become a Red Knight fan, week 10 is the one to uh, to to wish Redding the best of luck. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, crazy things have happened before, both in the section oh, and, and in, the in playoff right. seating. So... Um, anything can happen, uh, and that's that's what's on the docket these next two weeks for interest from a Wilson perspective. So, But I think that pretty much covers everything here. Justin, any other announcements or anything you want to mention before we get out of here? Um, not, not that I can think of, no. So come out this Friday night to support the team, but especially the seniors who uh, very likely are playing their final game on the turf at Gursky Stadium. And, uh, you know, wish them good luck, come and cheer them on and, uh, just get excited for another, uh, Wilson football Friday. Yep. All right. Then I think that covers it for us here at the Bulldog Hour. Again, appreciate everyone's support. Continue to like and share and subscribe and rate and review us on all those platforms out there. Continue to spread the word. Um, but until next time, I'm Joe Mays. For Justin Raffoff and the Bulldog Hour, until next time, remember, go Go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.